Hello, my beautiful friends. My name is Sadie, and this is my podcast, Student of the Universe, where I talk about astrology and anything that interests me just because of my birth chart. You can always tell when the universe is putting me through a really intense period of growth because I kind of go silent as Aquariuses do. We kind of like drop off and just... We just ghost, basically, the even our own passions, which means there won't be a podcast episode, there won't be a new blog post, I won't even post on my Instagram story or text people. I'm so focused on that feeling of whatever I'm going through. Recently, I've been learning a lot about my experience with shame, and so especially when it comes to themes of shame i kind of just would rather go silent until i'm ready and have the self-love necessary to speak on either what i'm going through or just to go back to normal if i don't feel like sharing that so if you ever don't see me post for a while just know i'm okay i'm just going through it in the best way and i would actually really like to go into some deeper topics today and really open up about what I've been growing through, if you know what I mean. Um, And one of those things is definitely about astrology, and it's just an overwhelming time. So sit back, relax, let's get into it, my friends. I always feel more inclined to speak on the deeper topics that are on my mind and then like end with more lighthearted topics that just kind of feels like the right vibe to me my whole life even just having conversations with people so let's get into this shame thing that I've been going through um you know the first time I really understood what shame was um I read this book by Brene Brown And if you've ever seen her speak in a TED talk or read any of her books, she is all about shame and vulnerability. Like there are these, there are two sides of the coin, right? You either have the shame and you don't feel like sharing it or you're vulnerable with it and then the shame dies. You know, it's one or the other. You can't, you can have both, but they complement each other in a way where if you're vulnerable, the shame goes away. And if you're shameful, it's hard to be vulnerable. Um, So yeah, the first time was really just going through her studying and she spent so long researching it. So I highly recommend if you want to get into your own shame, read Brene Brown's book. She has several fantastic books. I can't even name one particular one. They're just all so great. Or just if you're not feeling like reading a book, you can just type her name into YouTube. You got it. But moving on, shame is something that... I've always felt like wasn't a problem of mine, especially coming from someone with Aquarius placements. I always felt like being authentic meant that I didn't have shame. And to a certain extent, that's true because, you know, I'm not ashamed of who I am in terms of like, I will wear whatever I want and my style is something that I will never like judge myself for or I don't care about like cringe perceptions on the internet you know what I mean like I'm just going to do and be who I am but shame can be so much deeper than that and you know one of the things that one of the ways that I've expressed shame that I didn't know was my expression is drinking alcohol or smoking I hate to say it, but smoking weed, you know, I don't want to openly say on the internet that I've done that, you know, my parents have, well, and that's the funny thing too, is that like, it's hard for me to even talk about what I'm ashamed about because I'm ashamed 
of it. You know, like I've always been told, oh, wait till a job hears this, you know, like they're going to be, they're going to see your posts on the internet. Like shame is such an intricate and utilized part of our society that makes us very complicit in our own, in our own oppression, really, in my opinion. Um, So yeah, I think, you know, in the past, I definitely leaned on smoking weed particularly just because I'm not a very social person I'm like the person who wants to go out to a party like yeah I'll go I'll be there but it's mostly so that I can smoke first and then observe everyone in a very Virgo rising way um but no mostly like it was more about me and my friends just having really deep conversations and obviously smoking weed is the best way to do that but as the quarantine happens what was more accessible to me was drinking and having all that time at home where I wasn't unemployed for, you know, a few months. I wasn't employed very long during the pandemic. At some point, I just had to kind of like get brave and get a job, even though I didn't really want to go out into the world again. And so for a few months when I was unemployed, I just had not had that lack of responsibility since like early high school. Like I got my first job at like 15 and so that like not having to show up to a professional environment was not something I was used to and you know being stuck in my parents house really opened up this portal of shame where like I was really sitting there and I was thinking about it a lot. So I did end up drinking more than I ever had in my life. I have never really been someone who was into drinking. I would maybe do it once every couple of months and then during quarantine it became an everyday thing because there really was no reason for it not to be. Um, And that is something that I've been struggling with this whole, you know, post-quarantine experience. And there is a lot of shame for it, like, for that. My parents, you know, met through mutual addiction. And that's how they created that bond and met one another. So for me, there is a lot of shame in that because I had a few phases being the child of openly recovering addicts. I had the phase where I'm like, okay, I'm never, ever going to do drugs of course like that was when I was a kid and it just seems like why would anyone do drugs and as time went on and these things became more accessible to me I was like in the second phase of my shame which is I'm not like them I'm not foolish like my parents if I did it I wouldn't get addicted and that quickly turned into the phase where I'm right where I didn't want to be and it's and I never have done too much it's never had a like very big impact on my life like yeah there's been times where I wasn't taking care of my health in a way that I am still to this day very ashamed about just because I really care about my health I have six house placements it is so important that my body is where I need it to be and it makes it hard for me to show up to others to show up professionally when I'm not taking care of myself in that way so there were a few instances where you know I took it to the level where I was sick and I was not showing up for people in the way I need to and that created more shame and that shame led me to want to do it more and it and during this quarantine I got into this cycle of 
shame drinking and then drinking because of my shame and just on and on. And it it feels like I don't want to say it and I don't want to post this and I don't want anyone to hear this. You know, like part of me just wants to like clam up and just be like, that never happened. But that's the thing about shame and vulnerability. Like I was saying, you have to be vulnerable. So right now I'm literally wearing a dare shirt that I semi bought ironically, but I am completely sober at this point in my life. So it's also not ironic. You know, it says, you know, say no to drugs on the back of my shirt. And I just thought it would be really funny to buy this shirt just because this is what I'm going through. Like, I don't want to get to the really bad point and I'm really grateful that I am observing these patterns before anything bad has happened in my life like I it hasn't taken anything away from my life but observing these habits and just not feeling well most of the time because of them I'm really glad that I caught this early and I think ironically I caught it early because of my parents so meanwhile like there's the shame of not wanting to end up like them is also the vulnerability I had to hold myself accountable when those patterns were showing me that something's wrong um I don't know I just I just wanted to say that I just wanted to talk about it if you're going through this too you know this is a really valid thing you could have shown no signs of like having these issues or like uh, you know with addiction but also addiction of many things you know whether it's sex or you just need to be around someone at all times or it doesn't just have to be drugs like if you shopped online tremendously this time and like you know stuff like that I can't even name all of the addictions because I'm pretty sure anything can be addiction if you went through that I just want you to know like me too and I think the best way to deal with it is vulnerability and sharing this experience not only with my loved ones and telling them like what I've been going through but also just to be able to say it and kind of let it go like yeah that's something that I went through and I'm not ashamed of it it's just a lesson that has made me a more mature and a more reliable person that's just it's really important to me and I if you're going through this too I hope that you find trusted people to open up to or if you feel like you can open up more than that just you know say it say it out loud scream it in the woods if that's what you need to do shame can be about anything at all it could be about your sexuality or your race or anything that is who you are there's no part of you that should be in the dark and if any part of you no matter what it is don't think that there's anything that cannot be shameful anything is possibly created into shame I just want everyone to just be able to be open about that and you know since I've become sober and I'm exploring this feeling of shame I've been watching a lot of like you know reality tv shows and seeing people in real life and the way that I see people drink and people you know, interact with one another, to me, it's kind of like there is a promotion of shame in this culture to the point where you will continue to rely on your coping mechanisms or your addictions because what's even harder than dealing with an addiction is dealing with the shame you have about it to be vulnerable about it. So saying this right now is just as helpful to me as I hope it is helpful to you. And thank you for hearing me. Even if this doesn't apply to you at all, Just 
thank you for listening to these couple minutes where I'm just opening up because it's really hard and I want to move on and I want to be who I really am. One of the ways that I coped with becoming completely sober, like no drugs at all, is I opened my sketchbook and I drew myself in the center of it, just like a little like head to toe drawing of myself. And then around it, I drew all the things that I am. There's a film camera, there's my cat, there's trees and flowers and paintings and I don't even know. There's just, it's all who I am, just things that make up who I am and what I love. And I haven't been able to access it all at once, you know, like I haven't been able to pick all the things I'm drawing around me of who I really am every day. I've been working on that drawing every night. I'll come home from work, my girlfriend and I sit down to watch TV and I add another thing of who I am to the page. And an, I'm not really one of those people that works on an art project over an extended period of time. I'm more like, this is the feeling I'm having right now. I don't know if it'll come back. I don't know where it's going to go. I just need to put it down. So usually I sit for as long as it takes to finish a piece. But I knew in my heart that this practice and this activity needed to be done over time because I'm not going to immediately be myself, you know, after having to go through this experience. I have to reconnect with my inner child because a lot of what happened to me during a child is why I used these coping mechanisms. But who I am as a child is why I want to lose these coping mechanisms. So just embracing my inner child and remembering like who she is, it's really powerful that I was able to sit for a few days and like work on this art project and remember what I care about and what I used to do with my time before I was just wanted to waste my time really but anyways just wanted to get that off my chest if you're going through it too feel free to contact me let's talk about it like if you need someone to talk to I'm right here you know where to hit me up my website is linked all over this podcast so please come and talk to me in other news I have an existential crisis going on when it comes to astrology and I really really need to talk about it because I thought changing my rising was like the end of the world just wait until I start talking about this mindfuck I'm going through So in order to transition into this topic, I really want to read what for me was the catalyst of this. So I knew that there was tropical astrology and sidereal astrology and that there was a vast difference. And I also kind of knew that ideally I would be using sidereal. But I'm going to read to you the tweets that really made me want to transition from tropical to sidereal. So these tweets were written by at Sachi the Scorpio. So all credit goes to them and you can go follow them because this was really important information. So I appreciate them for posting it. So they said, quote unquote, your needle chart is a snapshot of the night sky the moment you were born. This is true for sidereal only. Tropical is a snapshot of this night sky when you were born if the year was 0 AD. It repeats this year over and over, even though it does not reflect the solar system. 
If you do not support the Catholic Church, why do you support an astrological system that was created based on a timescale they created? Tropical puts 0 AD on repeat infinitely and does not reflect the actuality of our solar system, 0 AD being the event of Jesus' birth. So, first things first, if you are Christian, no matter what denomination, like Catholic, you know, Mormon... I don't even honestly know all of the Christian denominations. If you're Christian and you believe in that, then tropical could be perfect for you. I'm not trying to say that Christianity is wrong and it shouldn't belong with astrology. I love when people can have their own religion and then use astrology. So if you are Christian, tropical could be perfect for you. But if you're not, it kind of doesn't make sense why we use it. In addition, it doesn't really make sense to me why we use tropical to read the current transits. For instance, because we're using tropical and the Earth's axis has moved over time, the seasons that we're looking at for each sign is actually incorrect. So not just your birth chart is wrong in terms of like what the sky actually was like that night, But also every day that we've measured, you know, what's going on, like the full moon in Aquarius this weekend, Virgo season this weekend, all of that is also inaccurate. And I I knew this already, to be fair. I already kind of knew about the difference between tropical and sidereal. What I didn't realize was that tropical was based on Jesus's birth. That part kind of tripped me up a little bit because... You know, I'm not Jesus, so I would like my, the night sky as it actually is. I'm a little bit more on the scientific side, like what was actually going on that night. And in addition, like the things that it changes in your birth chart is kind of crazy. For instance, my girlfriend is a Gemini in tropical astrology and that's great, you know, she comes from a Christian family, I'm sure that she resonates with it. I mean, she's told me after I talked to her about this whole situation that she does resonate with being a Gemini. However, in her sidereal chart, that was actually Taurus season that she was born. So she's actually a Taurus, um, which coming from an Aquarius sun in both tropical and sidereal, I'm kind of like, whoa, thought I was dating a Gemini. I'm actually dating a Taurus. That is a very different situation that I'm dealing with. Makes a lot of sense in retrospect why we butt heads a lot. Um, (laughs) But... Really, though, I'm pretty, pretty mind blown, honestly. I mean, I'm reading my birth chart right now. Like, I've just done, redone all of the signs, the houses, the degrees. I'm looking at who I am. And this is kind of the conclusion I came to, right? So, if you think about it, there's a lot of things in our life that is impacted by Christianity and colonialism that we don't really think a lot about. For example, I just recently read about how three meals a day comes from the Industrial Revolution, where we ate based on our energetic needs due to now having these industrial jobs, right? So you want your employees to work for eight hours, but they can't work for eight hours straight. So you give them an hour in the middle where they can eat food and get more energy in their body and then they can finish their nine to five day or, you know, whatever. And that 
sustains the way that the economy moved, the way that jobs are, right? And in the past, you know, when jobs weren't this whole huge chunk of your day, mostly people just ate throughout the day. Whenever they were hungry, they just go get a snack, you know, these casual small meals. And you see that in a lot of other cultures. So it's interesting, all of these things, the way that things are set up, especially in America, but this includes the whole world, is definitely influenced by things like Christianity, things that are like big popular things because they kind of invaded other places. I'm not saying that necessarily in a negative sense. I know there is negative connotations with it, but I'm just saying that impact that it's had on culture is enormous to the point where most people don't even know how much of their life and how much of their habits is impacted by Christianity, colonialism, the past where that culture spread like wildfire across the earth. Um, And so when you think about that, when I think about that, I think tropical makes sense in that regard. Tropical to me is what you are as a result of society because having one of the most influential religions in the world be the basis of tropical astrology that's probably your societally expected persona you know but sidereal being the scientifically accurate portrayal of the world including the tilt of the axis over time just the this is what the night sky was the moment you were born to me that's who you really are and i am struggling making that transition because it's not like when i switched my rising and my house has changed this means that I need to re-memorize all of the seasons. I need to start paying more attention and reevaluating when all of the planets were moving into different signs. For instance, right now in Sidereal, the sun is in Leo at about two to three degrees. So allegedly in Tropical, we're a this weekend the sun's moving into Virgo, but in Sidereal, we just started Leo season. That makes a huge impact if you're trying to understand what you're going through astrologically. I know I try to write my own horoscopes and now I'm stumped because in order to write my own horoscopes, I'm going to have to reevaluate what when the seasons are, when the planets move into certain things. And it's really difficult because most of the apps and resources on the internet and books are based off of tropical astrology, which there's nothing wrong with that. Obviously, those astrologers were just using tropical because that's what they believe in. And that's perfectly fine. If you continue to believe in tropical, you do not have to have an existential crisis right now. But if you're anything like me, you want the actual night sky the actual transits not the zero ad perception of the current sky you know that just seems like an unnecessary filter that does not align with my spiritual beliefs so as a result i kind of got this practice with tropical on how astrology works but now my whole foundation has to be redone i want to re-memorize everything in terms of when is when are these things happening and also my own birth chart who am i when i'm not influenced by cultural influences that have happened so many hundreds of years before i was even born you know um man i don't know it just makes me tired like for a minute there i was just like my best friend and i were going over this and i was like i just want to walk away 
right now. Like, I want to take a step back because the thought of the amount of studying I'm going to have to do about sidereal in order to, like, get to the point I'm at with tropical right now is just a little bit overwhelming, to be honest with you. And also, you know, I have a lot of people's birth charts memorized. I've told a lot of people about their tropical birth charts, and of course they resonated with it because, like I said, to me, the tropical chart is the societal expectation or perception of you, whereas sidereal is the real you. So now I'm kind of like wanting to go back and be like, hey, everybody, um, can I redo your birth chart reading? Which, of course, I'm sure no one would mind if I redid it. But I also don't know if they'd even want to make that transition like me. Like, in my mind, tropical is just not something I'm interested in. I'm making the full switch to sidereal. I'm sure not a lot of people want to do that. I'm sure they just, you know, CoStar is a very easy app to use with friends. If you are if you want to know astrology, but you're not, like, as into it as I am, I can completely understand that. But I just want you guys to know from this point on, I will be doing sidereal astrology. So my first few episodes of my podcast are going to sound a little funky now uh, in my blog posts too. I mean, I've basically been saying I have like five different birth charts, but I'm about to share with you guys, you know, my sidereal birth chart and how it differs from my tropical and what how I feel about it really and I'm if you don't really want to listen to me analyze my own birth chart that's perfectly fine thank you for even listening this far but let's get into this real quick so my son is still in Aquarius thank god everything's good but I'm also not a like as near to Pisces in my son as I thought I was I'm actually closer to Capricorn now in my son so let's not even get into that um my moon originally in tropical I thought it was Aries it's actually in Pisces and so that is like a really interesting thing I've been thinking about because they're very similar both of them have this ability to be very irrational but also to be very rational and it just really depends on the emotional state of the person but Aries is kind of more aggressive in my mind like when an Aries gets sad they'll confront you when a Pisces gets sad they'll be alone and cry and I've had both of those qualities so I think at this point in my life it's, it does resonate with me more that I'm a Pisces moon. I feel like there is this expectation of me that I do get angry and, like, I'm a very irrational-minded person. Like, there's a lot of jokes with my friends about stuff like that. But in my mind, how I view myself is more of a Pisces moon. Like, I'd rather be alone and I'm gonna cry to some sad music, not really go out and fight someone. My Mercury was in Pisces in Tropical, and now it's in Aquarius in Sidereal. That also makes sense to me. I am definitely, like, I actually went to lunch with two of my friends who have Pisces Mercury. And, of course, I'm talking about, like, all tropical charts. I don't know anyone's Sidereal chart yet. But I remember sitting there and being like, the way that she told a story, the Pisces Mercury friends, and the way I told a story thinking I'm a Pisces Mercury, it was just so different. Like, she had so many details in it, like, where everybody was standing in the room and, like, every second of the story that happened, even if it didn't apply to, like, the reason she was telling the story. Whereas me, I'm just like, yeah, this is what happened. And it takes me, like, a couple sentences. I get straight to the point. So I was, like, sitting there and I remember thinking, we have to have different Mercuries. I cannot even believe we have the same one right now. And then, look, here I am a couple days later, and I'm looking at my sidereal chart, and I'm like, oh, I am an Aquarius Mercury. So I'm just trying to, like, tell you the information, and and let's get a move on. And, you know, and also, 
big on ghosting, like, not ghosting romantically, I think that's very rude, that's not, well, okay, I probably have done that too, yikes, I'm learning a lot about myself, but also, like, with my friends, I'll just stop talking to them for months, and, like, for Pisces Mercury, I think they're a little bit more consistent with people, um, but nope, this makes a lot more sense, my Venus is still in Pisces, um, obviously, I'm just a very gay person like that, very romantic, but my Mars moved from Scorpio to Libra, so that's a very interesting thing, because I definitely felt like my Mars in Scorpio empowered me when I was studying tropical, but it also kind of set me back, and I had this, like, shame about Mars in Scorpio, like, I mean, Mars that planet belongs in Scorpio, but, you know, that's a rough place to have it if you're just trying to be, like, a married wife, if you know what I'm saying, if you're picking up what I'm putting down. So, having my Mars and Libra actually makes a lot more sense to me. Wherever I go, whatever I do, it's about bringing balance around me. It's about, and also, like, I'm so stuck on this sense of justice my whole life. Like, since I was a kid, I would be like, why are we not fighting for the trees? What do you mean driving cars kills trees? Then why is everyone still driving cars? Like, very, very Libra Mars. And I could go more in depth, but I just wanted to give you a few examples of, like, how, honestly, I felt a lot of shame about my tropical birth chart and the things I didn't feel ashamed about in my tropical birth chart stayed the same. My sun and my Venus stayed the same. Everything else, the other three are things that I felt shame about. I didn't want to be an aggressive Aries moon. I didn't feel like a compassionate Pisces Mercury and I was afraid to be an aggressive Scorpio Mars. And then all of those things switched into something where I'm not ashamed of the placements I have in my sidero chart at all, you know? So, I highly recommend looking at your sidereal chart. If you need help finding it, go to Astro Dienst, Astro, and then it's D-I-E-N-S-T. Just Google that. Go to that website and you can put in your information and then there will be options for tropical, sidereal, draconic, and trust me, we're going to get to draconic, but that's for another episode. So click Sidereal, you can keep it to Fagan Bradley, or you can switch it to like Vedic, whatever you want to do. There's different calculations based on the degrees, but it's very mathematical. If you're not into the math portion of astrology, just leave it at Fagan Bradley and see who you are and tell me what you think for real. Like I'm about to write a blog post about this too. So hopefully people can comment how they feel. This is just, I feel like it's a restart. And It's interesting because, like, obviously in the beginning of the episode, I'm talking about this, like, fresh start for me, which is being shown predominantly through sobriety, but I also just feel like this immense shift is going on, and having this opportunity to have this more authentic and less shameful birth chart through sidereal, I don't know, just feels like a really beautiful opportunity for me. Anyways, that's all for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for your compassion. Thank you for being a place where I can be myself and not be afraid of judgment and I can face my shame through this podcast. I will see you in the next episode. I hope that you realize how lovely you are and I hope that you're not ashamed of who you are because you are such an important part of this world. Until next time.